Hey there, welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We hope today's message finds you well. Hi guys, Happy New Year, and welcome back to Pickled Parables. Um, this year, uh, we're, we're going to kick this year off with, with another of our study series, and this is the introductory episode for our studies in the book of James. Um, we, when we sat down uh, at the end of our study in First and Second Peter last year, we discussed a few things that we wanted to venture ourselves into, um, and we landed on a collaborative study of the book of James. So in the coming months, you're going to hear from a number of teachers with some varying perspective on the book of James. And our, our hope is, is that as you take in what James um, had to share with the early church, that it would be challenging for you, uh, that it would be uh, something that you can use in your day-to-day life, uh, and that over the next few months, you would be encouraged and challenged to go deeper uh, and read further into the book of James. So my task this week is is to launch this endeavor and this discussion. And so I, I, I just want to give you some background before we begin to discuss why we should care about this letter. And if you have a Bible, and if you have a study Bible, much much of what you'll find in, in those introduction sections, I, I know like in, in the study Bible that I often use, uh, it has a couple of pages before each book that highlights some of the things that you are going to find in the text before you even endeavor there. And so much of, of what I'm going to look at, it can be found in those introduction sections. Um, but I want to, I want to take a look at it from maybe a, a different perspective. Our Lord Jesus died and was raised sometime around 30 to 33 AD. And, and in the Gospels, we get a small snapshot of Jesus's family. Matthew 13, 55 tells us Jesus had a brother named James. And the Gospel of John tells us his brother and, well, all of his brothers, struggled to believe that Jesus was more than just their older brother, that he truly was the Messiah. They, they struggled to believe in Jesus. But the Bible also tells us that they came around, and we see this play out in the latter half of John's gospel into the book of Acts. And they did come to believe in Jesus as their Messiah, their Savior. And in time, they came to follow in Jesus' ways. James was Jesus' brother. And after the resurrection of Jesus, we read in Acts 15, and church history tells us that James was the pastor or leader of the church in Jerusalem a leader of the church 
amidst the Jews, who in Acts 15 argues that the Gentiles be accepted on the merits of grace, not circumcision. You see, in the early church, there was a moment wherein the, the Jewish Christians who, who had Jewish heritage but also had believed in Jesus, as the Gentile world comes to know Jesus and be saved, they argued that these needed to be circumcised to become part of the family of God. James argued that no circumcision was required. We are saved on merits of grace alone. James seemed influential in the welcoming of Paul into the church, as Paul gives his nod in Galatians 1, 18 and 19, where he identifies James as a leader of the church, an apostle and Jesus's brother. You can also see these, these uh, notions in Galatians 2, verse 9. And so to put confusion aside, this James was not one of the twelve. James, the son of Zebedee, James the Greater, was killed via sword on the orders of Herod in Acts 12. Being dead, he did not write the letter. He was also not the other James, the son of Alphaeus, as the gospel speaks of the apostle James and Jesus' brother James as different people. It's truly a case when we try to lock down authorship of the book of James. It's a case of too many Jameses. And so, we are left with the Bible's claims and history to direct us. The author of James. To complicate things further, (laughs) the, the, the name James is likely a translated version of the name Jacob, which was likely all of their names. So, Jacob, the brother of Jesus, commonly known as James, is believed and is held to be the author of the book that bears his name. James, the half-brother of Jesus, leader in the church at Jerusalem, wrote a letter. Hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, God's people were taken captive to Assyria in Babylon, as a result of their failings and unrepentant lives. God desired true heartfelt worship and change, and and he desired his people to be this, this beacon to the world around them, that all the nations of the world may be blessed through them, as he had made his promise to, to Abraham so many years before. And while many, after this exile, returned to Jerusalem and, and Israel, and in, in, in the times of Ezra and Nehemiah, in the centuries following, many of them remained dispersed throughout the world. In this time, the Roman occupation and pressures had dispersed Jews and Jewish Christians yet again. These actions eventually led to the persecution of Jews and Christians in the area. Conflict and war between Rome and the Jews, the death of James, and culminated in the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. James writes to a group of dispersed Christians at this time, prior to the temple's destruction. His letter is very Jewish, and it is very Christian. 
It is these dispersed Jewish Christians who have found and put their faith in Jesus that James writes. And as such, it is sent to, in the beginning of the letter, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. With this in mind, we would maybe expect it to contain some level of Jewishness. However, James, in in his opening, says, A servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He he does not call himself Jesus' brother, but rather identifies himself as a servant of Jesus. Because, as is noted, James has come to call on his half-brother as Lord. He is a Christian. To the Jews, like him, who have found Jesus, and who, like him, have faced persecution for having found Jesus, but who, unlike him, have been scattered throughout the known world. Jacob, or James's name, means the usurper, and he writes to those who truly have been usurped. It would be an incredibly difficult thing to have been displaced. You are run out of your home, run away from the the people and the places that you know and love. Often you are separated from your family ties, if not your, your family directly. You're out of your element, you're out of your culture, and you are adrift. Culturally, the dispersion was adrift. And as Jews, much like those exiled centuries before, to be away from Jerusalem, to be away from the land, meant to be away from the temple, and as a result, the the direct reminder of the promises of God. And while these believers would not view the temple as a religious center, it would still be significant to them. And now, they are removed from it. This is the group of people James writes to. And he writes to to ask and answer this question, How do we live as Christians when we are adrift? When we are dispersed from our culture, and in many ways our king, and we are left exiled in many ways, away from a home that we both know on this earth and that we look forward to in a life to come. Being dispersed, many of these Jewish Christians would also have been poor. Many face conflict continually, culturally, socially, spiritually, and emotionally they were attacked. So much so, many may have begun to do as the Romans do. James writes to this group, and he writes with the purpose of encouraging them. Encouraging these believers to be strong in, be established in, and grow in their faith. And for some, this means standing firm. For others, 
it means turning away from sin that maybe they have fallen into in their time adrift. As we, as a team, discussed the theme of James, and what's interesting is James's style. James's letter is stylized after Jewish wisdom literature. His letter runs the gamut and covers everything from taming the tongue to drawing near to God. It is presented as wisdom for living out the Christian faith. But all through this, we have woven in another idea. How can believers, in this case, Jews moved for move far away from their religious and cultural lives and centers of worship, how are they supposed to approach God? Much like the Israelites centuries before, exiled in the land of Babylon, wondered what it meant. How do we draw near to God once more? What does this look like? So too, James seeks to give instruction and direction to this group of dispersed believers on how they, too, as Christians, may draw near to their God when they are culturally and spiritually adrift. How can once Jewish Christians, who in their history have seen God call his people back from exile and draw his people back to him, and having believed in a Savior who is going to come for them again, experience the nearness and presence of God in their lives? James's answer is faith, and it, it, his, and it is his primary concern. He writes, in the opening se- in the opening sentence of his of his letter count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness briefly i want to address an ongoing concern that that many have regarding james's letter some, both in history and today, have suggested James's letter is too centered on the law when we should be experiencing a life led by grace. They point to his instructions regarding living and ask, have we not been saved by grace through faith? Some have, have pointed to James's. uh, words about how we live and the work that we do and and questioned, should this book be included in the canon of Scripture? But antiquity and close look shows us the Old Testament points us to God's grace and the New Testament affirms the law. There is this notion, I think, in, in the church today not by all, but by some, that the Old Testament is this is this bit of parchment that once we got the New Testament is outdated and we don't need it. And friends, that's just not true. The Old Testament confirms the good news of the New Testament. It sets the framework. It sets the backbone. It sets the tone. 
It points us to a God with a plan. It points us to a gracious God who desires relationship with us. And it ultimately sets in motion the things that the New Testament will speak to. We need both to have a full understanding of the scripture God has given us. James writes his letter the way he does because his audience were Jews. And now they have become Christians. You do not, when you accept Christ, you do not shed who you once were. It is not who you are anymore. You are not identified by it. But the things that you were raised with, the traditions, the cultures, the norms, they are still very much a part of you. And part of being Christian is knowing when and which of those to give up and how. And for James, when he writes to Christians who are Jews, he acknowledges that some of these things, the the call for circumcision to be saved as he did in Acts, it's time to give that up. But there is some understanding, understanding of the grace of Jesus Christ that is made more full by the Jewish tradition and scriptures. James writes his letter the way he does because he is writing to Jewish Christians. Practically, they needed tangible, livable wisdom, and that is just what James sends them. I'm sure we'll get to those concerns. And and to end my time introducing the book, the letter, I want to look briefly at James's introduction. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. James is a servant of God and, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in many ways, there is an argument to be made that James views the church as the new Israel. Now, I, I, I'm not going to get into the, the nitty-gritty of that here. Maybe that is in store for us as we explore this book. But he likens these believers to Israel by calling them the twelve tribes, likely because many of them came from the twelve tribes. In many ways, it's layered, much like The Jews were dispossessed from their homeland. God's people, the church, are dispossessed from their heavenly home. The Jewish people look forward to being gathered back. So too, believers ought to look forward to the gathering of all who believe. In many ways, James writes to a group in an overlap, Jewish Christians. And so we ask, Why should we, as Christians today, care about this letter, written 2,000 years ago? I mean, other than the fact that it is Scripture, it's it's in the Bible. Of what value is it? Why is it important? Why should we dedicate our time, let alone months, here on this pod, to exploring it? And the answer is, the book of James is directed towards awaiting people. 
It's important to us as we wait. It's wisdom for a faithful life as we face trouble and we wait for God to bring us back, to gather us to himself. It is an answer. James provides us an answer. How do we experience the presence of God when we are removed in many ways culturally from that presence? And so James offers practical wisdom specifically for Christian living to a group of people who were surrounded by a culture that in many ways was hostile to them and in many ways was very unchristian. And if you hear that and you look around you and you find that the cultural pulse around you is very unchristian, then the book of James has wisdom for you as well. Thank you, guys. We'll be seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization, and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.